0: Left. Right. Yo. Thank you for joining us. Today we're talking about pet ownership, specifically in New York City, but pretty much anywhere. Um, and because this was recorded in or around the time of the election, there's a little bit of politics involved. If you're not a political person, I apologize for that. Bear with me. Hang in there. We'll get to the pet stuff. And uh, see you on the other side. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Welcome to episode fifty three. Sip talk, let's open some drinks. Somebody just stole my fucking pen. You know that, James? I can't keep a pen. I can't the thing is so many people come in and out of my desk. I'm pretty good at holding onto pens. But probably a couple times a week, I have to get leave my office because I write a lot of shit down. I make like lists all day long. I gotta leave my office and track down the last person that
1: that came to my desk. That was a good one. So Uh, what you should have is instead of just generic pens? Spend the money and get yourself a nice set of fountain pens that nobody's going to touch.
0: Okay. I have ink all over me. Um, what's up, actually? What's up, Lisa? What's up, Kathy? So, episode 53, SIP Talk. We'll get into a couple of things we want to talk about um, now that i got a pen to write with. I'd like to welcome James of Bosnator Boswell, professional bartender, professional accountant, philosopher, professional referee, are you pretty much professional at everything you do, certifiably?
1: We have Andreas, a batagliaer.
0: Everything
2: that you do, but not certifying.
1: <laughs> well, I, some some people would argue that I'm certifiable. So.
0: Um, and uh, do you referee? You know, referee. No, we you play a little su- soccer. Play a little soccer. Yeah. It su- doesn't su- surprise su- me that you that you um, you played soccer. Um, I basically played play soccer, right, soccer right, until right. I till I couldn't couldn't keep up with the people playing. Uh, Tequila Tuesday. Everybody's talking about a Tequila Tuesday thing. Um, but yeah, man, I lost my pen. I'm not not too happy about that. So I haven't had a good chance. I literally haven't had a chance to come up and breathe all day long. It's one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Um, and uh, I haven't had a chance really to to get into get into the mode where we kind of figure out what we're going to talk about. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about politics because you're in a Pretty, speaking of certified, pretty certified red state through and yeah. through. Uh, we're in New York, which New York City at least, very blue, very blue space.
1: So um, I wanted to ask you right off the rip. I saw a whole bunch of videos of just people dancing in the streets and beeping their horns and stuff like that on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know... How widespread it was. Did you see anything like that? What were the celebrations like in New York?
0: A lot a lot of the streets were actually just shut
1: down because there were
2: so many
0: people. You saw Broadway
1: uptown? Yeah.
2: Basically it happened the opposite of what happened here in New York uh four years ago. Because I remember it was my first year in New York and people were quiet. It
1: Restaurants,
2: was, it, was, uh, it was it was quiet. It was like the the, the beginning of the pandemic. That's how yeah. it actually felt. Yeah, it was quiet. No one was cheering. They were like, said, the next four years are going to be tough. There's going to be a lot of sanctions. There's going to be a lot of deportations. There's going to be a lot of you know, things, uh, especially in the community that I live in the Hispanic community. Uh, they were like, oh, we're fucked now. Uh, so totally the opposite happened uh, last Saturday or uh,
1: so maybe,
0: three days ago. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because so those videos that there. I saw weren't like just like a like one block or something like that. No, that no, it was, had, all, it was all over. It was a was, I,
2: was I, the whole strip. It was the whole, you've been uh, in uh, Harlem Public and uh, the walls and all of these bars. All of that strip was full of people. There, there was people the cheering, champagne, champagne bottles everywhere. Here, yeah, it was like totally well, totally the opposite of what so happened four years ago.
0: The day the day that Trump got elected the previous year. Uh, the streets were pretty somber, you know, people were, people were very quiet. I actually went to, uh, Adam and I stepped out and we went to like, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? Like an outdoor, uh, food venue. And it was like, people were crying on the streets. And a lot of those people had been, you know, over the last four years, pretty negatively affected. Um, and a lot of minorities, very very unhappy. Um, and then, uh, it was all day long on Saturday. I didn't want to leave because I was afraid there was going to be some clashing uh, different, different protesting in the street. So, uh, but there, it's, it didn't, happen. It didn't yeah. really happen. That was Saturday night. So that was the first, yeah. first, you know, potential time it could have happened. Um, but uh, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad.
2: Now, I, I think-, think it would happen if Trump could be reelected. If that would have happened, I think there was a bigger chance that people, would, especially in this blue state, people who go out there and just go crazy. Have I to think if Trump if
1: morning. Trump got reelected by the Electoral College and 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 lost the popular vote by an even even larger margin than he did in 2016, it wouldn't have surprised me if we saw some rioting in various yeah. cities. Yeah, but let me ask. Thankfully, how, that didn't happen. How are, how are
0: things down there in the deep red South?
1: so there was no talk of it whatsoever in my office yesterday or today um on saturday i was working a youth soccer game and i didn't really talk with the the coaches in politics but like so before we started the game it was still uncalled they hadn't decided the election yet um and then i think it was at halftime maybe when one of my, one of the guys on my crew checked his phone. He's like, Oh, they just called it Biden one. I said, okay. And, um, the, the two guys on my crew, I don't know what their political leanings are. I try not to ask too much about people that I'm not already familiar with, but one of them just like Trump is acting like a complete baby right now. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just said like, regardless of what you think about his policies or whatever, like you just have to look at him and be like, dude, you, In 2016, after you won, you went on a nationwide gloat tour where all you did was held rallies to try and rub it in the Dems' faces about your electoral college victory and whatnot, forgetting the fact that you lost a popular vote by 3 million votes. But whatever, you went on this nationwide tour to rub it in everyone's faces of, look what I did. And now you lost. And you are completely decompensating, and if you're going to dish out insults, if you're going to kind of do the things that you've done for the last four years, then when fortune flips, you better be able to take it. Otherwise, you just look like a colossal toddler.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't I don't want to get too, too much into the politics and, and
1: you know... The... I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about just on a personal level well, is... I... If if you're the kind of person that throws insults around, then when you get insulted, you better be able to take it in the same humor that you expect others to have taken your jokes.
0: Well, the thing is there's certain things that I look
1: at with Trump and I was
0: always a fan of Trump. Not, I didn't ever think you'd be somebody who would be running the country, but I always said that, you know, here's a guy that, you know, he basically what he surrounds himself with and what he creates are luxury goods. So it's, you know, I've had some Trump ties. Given they were made in China, they were. I have a lot of ties. They were actually pretty decent ties. I wouldn't say it was a Hermes tie, or you know, a super designer tie. Definitely, yeah. But but it was a. It wasn't the cheap the cheap ones that that you can get at like Macy's or something for twelve bucks. Even though I think I got his ties at like Marshalls for twenty bucks. But but I always assumed you know he he had nice stuff. And I'd always give it a try. I always knew the Trump buildings in Manhattan to be very nice buildings. Again, not somebody I was super comfortable running the nation. But there's a certain amount of, you, you have a mother. I, I, I wish I had a second to think about this before I'm going to go and throw this out there. But if you're a woman and you're dating a guy and the daughter says, he molested me. There's only so much you're going to put up with, and be like, well, you know, but he, uh, you know, he pays the mortgage, type of thing. So I get it that like the people want somebody who's Republican and has these policies, but along with that, you have these major character flaws. And I'm not saying some I mean, of his politics aren't solid politics, but is this the person that you want paying the mortgage? Because at the end of the day. There's a lot of other options, and and I just you know it's difficult to square up with somebody along those lines. Now, I've been at a company of a lot of people who have voted that way and say they're okay with that. Obviously, it's not as bad as molestation, although maybe it's
1: he, he's exactly accused not. of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, but what I'm saying is is if I have somebody a, as an agent or an employee that does something. I have to evaluate with each instance whether or not I want to keep them in my employ. And as an American citizen, it's your job to figure out if you want to keep that person in your employ. What's bothering me right now so much is the division in the country. Um and and that it's just wild to witness people cutting other people off. One you you know my friend George, Lebanese guy, hardcore, hardcore, gun-toting. His his duvet cover on his bed is an American flag. Okay? Super Trump supporter. Very good friend of mine.
2: A very good person as well.
0: And he's a good person, yeah. And and we have diff- we have different views. Um you know, it's it's just wild to see people cut people out of their lives. Um, it's it's a. It's, I, 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 I get it
1: though. Yeah. Because, like, I I think the the easiest thing to look at is if you're having a discussion with somebody, are they are they having the discussion in good faith? And I think that a lot of people right now. Now, I'm not saying all Trump supporters are like this, but there's a significant amount of them right now that feel that the entire 2020 election was fraudulent because Trump is saying so, which doesn't make sense for a variety of reasons. But ultimately, when you, when you try and have these discussions with them and they just say, well, that's just what's being reported, now they're no longer arguing in good faith. You, like You have to be able to engage on some kind of common ground and when one side rejects what are, I would say, objectively verifiable facts, they're not arguing in good faith. And then you say, at some point, no matter how close I was to you as a friend or anything else, if I can't engage with you in a good faith discussion about a variety of concepts, then there's not much left here.
0: Well, look, let hear, hear me out on this. This is my... I know you're not religious. I know Andres is not religious. Um, Here's my biggest qualm with religion is that they teach people to be faithful and believing despite evidence
1: and facts. Yeah.
0: And I think.
1: That's called faith. That is exactly faith.
0: And I, I believe in critical thinking.
1: um,
0: And, and, questioning you know even even when science finds there's a new finding in science the way they prove that is by trying to disprove it so when you don't have and you so you, you run some study you, you run some experiment and the experiment the outcome of the experiment is x everybody instantly rather than saying oh it must be true Everybody scientific says, "Let's try to disprove that." And if mm-hmm. we can't do that, then it must be true. And
1: and, and the know. other thing is, even if even if like on the initial outset or whatever, you've got a new theory or something, and it's being tested, and it becomes accepted, it, it it's never something that's written in stone and forever. Yeah, in that, science,
2: you can never have something written in stone because science keeps evolving and
1: and what, so what's yeah.
2: Not. A science 50 years ago, it might have changed now. And it's not because science is wrong, it's just because science is always evolving. It's always getting more knowledge. There's new technologies, there are new... Uh, well, know. yeah, so but that's, I, that's I would cool. say
1: here's, here's a great example is so the theory of general relativity that Einstein came up with 80, 90, maybe even 100 years ago, I don't know the exact timeline, it experimentally has been verified over and over and over again to ridiculous levels of confidence. And yet, scientists are constantly testing it and constantly looking for either exceptions or variations in it to refine the theory even further. And they're always open to new information that might exist in in a way that disproves or, or questions the validity of the theorem. And they're constantly trying to see, yeah, this is accepted for right now but is there more that we can know and accepting information that is contrary to your worldview or whatever, you have to look at it. You have to weigh it for the the validity of the evidence. But if something doesn't agree with what you already think, that doesn't mean that you should throw it out. You need to analyze it. And I think that that's something that I'm going to have to just say that, that people that are more religious, are less likely to do and people that are more politically conservative are less likely to do. That's not to say that there's not some dogmatism on the left because there very much is, but I would say that the thread runs stronger through more conservative political. Sure. Viewpoint.
0: Yeah. And a lot of that is environmental and, and there's a, there's a, there's a lot of factors in that, but I just think the scientific thinking method would you know greatly
2: benefit, uh, the, a society. Yeah. It oh, yeah. comes here, comes the education part of it because for you, in order for you to do that, you have to take people out of their comfort zone and get them into an uncomfortable situation. And I think your brain itself is is using less power when it feels comfortable believing that there's a God and therefore things happen rather, rather than reading a book, reading a science journal, reading a science paper and actually putting the the work and the hard work in it to analyze whether your options, your decisions, and your beliefs are what are correct or not. Because I think that if you just believe that oh God created me to be you know whatever God wanted me to be, it's basically just giving up on life and just letting that God quote unquote push you around. And you know you have a path already built because of that God. Because it's a lot harder for a person that has critical thinking. believe that to believe that uh well there was a guy that created me and there's things that are going to happen to me in the future no a person that has critical thinking will believe will uh would you know study would uh read as many things as you can to understand life and will create his own path or at least will try to create his own path and that's a lot harder than just believing
0: well yes what he's trying to say is people accept religion to di- different, different degrees. I yeah. don't think anybody is entirely fully religious that they're going to get in a boat and, you know, and, and put up the, the, what do you call it, The mask and the, uh, not flag, which, the sails and just say, all right, we're going to see where we go. Everybody's going to steer a little bit. and some people are going to steer more than others. And that's religion. I want to, uh, we, we, I want to I want to change direction here. We're getting a, we're getting a lot of comments now asking us to change the direction through uh through TikTok um, uh, and on Instagram. We're trying to engage a little more on the live because I really like the feedback. Um
2: but uh, but we should we'll, totally keep this thing this uh tequila uh, Tuesday. It should be a thing. We don't have any tequila, well, we do, have but we do, but I'm not. You have tequila?
0: Well, yeah, no, uh, oh, we'll
1: revisit enough. this topic next week.
0: Um, but but uh, you know what I learned that that you may and I could be wrong on this, I just heard it, but it sounds pretty accurate. Um, it's a Neil deGrasse Tyson thing. I couldn't sleep last night. Whenever I can't sleep, I uh, I turn turn the First off, I take some melatonin, and then I just put the, the the brightness down all the way on the iPad, put the volume like at like 12%, and I just YouTube stuff. So uh, I get a lot of YouTube. You know Neil deGrasse Tyson? He's a guy that runs the Planetarium, yeah. uh, Natural yeah. History Museum, astrophysicist. He says a lot of interesting stuff. Um,
1: he does some a good, lot some of podcasts. Bad. What's that? Some good, some bad.
0: Yeah, uh, he's an interesting guy, though, and always, you know, he's always trying to like blow people's minds, really. Um, but he mentioned that from the distance to the highest peak and the distance to the lowest, uh, you know, ocean's depth, basically, is is really not that far. It's about the the length of Manhattan. I think it's about eleven miles. I think our highest
1: peak is. Twenty-nine thousand feet.
0: Which which how? What is that in
1: miles? Just under six miles.
0: And the and the lowest valley, whatever trench, in
1: is that. about thirty-five thousand, somewhere between thirty-five and thirty-eight thousand feet. Yeah.
0: Uh, so we're we're just we're just over eleven miles, which is the length of Manhattan. And so from the lowest valley on Earth to the highest peak on Earth is. Uh, under 12 miles okay what he's saying is that if you take earth as a sphere and they were talking about the globe and the globe has all these uh you know divots and you know you feel a globe with a a topological globe that has raised bumps on it that that is vastly out of proportion to the actual. Oh,
1: ridiculously so
0: and and what they're saying is if you made the earth to scale about the size of a cue ball that would actually be smoother than the service of a cue ball. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was wild, wild to, uh, to think about. Uh, but I think, you know, I'd love to talk a little more on some, uh, um, some scientific stuff. Do you have any type of tablet or you're strictly desktop? Uh,
1: I've got a laptop, which generally resides at my office, but, I don't have, I, I'm not a big fan of, of anything touchscreen. Um, I like buttons. You, you know where I would love to get in life is
0: where I only have a house phone and a desktop computer. I think, uh, because then you limit, you know, my mom, <clears throat> my mom carries around a cell phone off. She powers yeah. it on to make outgoing calls.
1: Said, I've had days like that.
0: But she doesn't realize that that's an abnormal way. To, she's like, well, I don't want the battery to run out, so I just leave it off. And I'm like, but you realize it's a very selfish understanding. Of what a, a cell phone isn't only an outgoing device. Yeah. It makes it, it very it, difficult to, to it, read you.
1: Also, are you really that concerned about your utility costs that charging your phone every day is going to really make or break the monthly budget?
0: Now, Now, my mom is a big-time saver so i don't know at what point in my life i I transitioned out of this saving mindset um but i transitioned i transitioned into an earning mindset so if you want to spend more money earn more money if you want to do things in life earn more money my mom was always "Well, if you want to spend more money you just save more money and then you can spend it so my mom now she she lives in a house that was built in the 1800s it's got four or five bedrooms. It has a barn. Um, she'll probably listen to this in a couple of weeks on Facebook. So, uh, but you know, and I, I and I actually I really re- and let me just clarify, mom, if you are listening, I really respect I really respect her ability to save and the mindset she has around her finances. But we, uh, you know, we and she's retired now, so obviously there's the f- fixed income aspect of it. But she's very much a saver. And I'm not much of a saver, I'm much more of an earner and spender. Um, But uh, she now resides on the first floor only of her house. And it's a big house to heat for one person. So she keeps a lot of doors closed and it's a house built in the 1800s. So to a degree it's meant to compartmentalize the heat in certain rooms. So she spends a lot of time restricted in the wintertime and where she lives is very, very cold. So she restricts really where she resides in the house in the winter. So
1: why not move to a smaller house?
0: Well, but then you can't have all the guests over. We're going to go up there for Thanksgiving, and I don't know who will be up there. At this point, you know, I think she's really kind of hoping for, you know, kind of winging prayer, hoping for grandkids um, from my sister and I. But <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, but it's it's really fascinating the way that she's modified her life to live in this this older house um and i don't know how do we breach this subject i don't, I
1: don't know but i i, I got a comment on your your mom how how overt has your mom been to you about her wish for grandkids uh
0: pretty pretty very much so yeah i i, I think she just expects them um but she also talks about about death like it's imminent my mom's in her 60s she could have she could have a whole other 40 years left if she plays her cards right but but you know she 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 I, I, I don't want to get too deep into it but, well, but she basically she, she she thinks death is imminent so she she thinks she behaves like someone who's 86.
1: Speaking of someone who's 86, so when my grandmother was still alive because I I, I kind of just want to tell this story because I, I'm not sure what this says about me, but one of like, I, I, I'm really... I relish this conversation. So I've been very clear to pretty much everybody in my life that I never want to have kids. And probably about 10 years ago, now I had a conversation with my mom where she made one last kind of Hail Mary play to convince me to stop taking such a hardline stance on it.
0: And what was this Hail Mary play?
1: At the time, I was a substitute teacher and I, I was enjoying the work for the most part.
0: Okay. I was going to say uh, teachers are probably not people who, if they don't already have kids that you are, uh, that are in a position where you can push them into wanting. Yeah. To grow children.
1: Well, whatever the case is, I was, I was on the fence about what I wanted to do with my career in terms of if I wanted to get the certification to become a full-time teacher or not. And I was having this conversation with my mom and the topic of dating was also kind of like in the background or whatever. And she basically said, you know, I don't think that it's necessarily a good idea for you to have such a hardline stance against having kids. And I said, but I don't want to have them. She says, well, you might not now, but like in the, whatever. So like, just don't preclude the possibility. And I said, "Mm -mm, you, you don't seem to understand when I was nine years old, when I was nine years old, you had my youngest brother. I was a very impressionable age for me. I got to see everything that goes in to having kids the change in the diapers, the crying in the middle of the night, waking up, the throwing up all over the place. I looked at that. I said, Holy hell, that looks awful. And from the age of nine, I said, I am never going to do that to myself. I'm never going to have kids. And that's like the one opinion that I've had in my life that has not shifted even the slightest. And I said, mom, I said this at the time when I was nine, I've said it every day since then. And I'm going to continue saying this. My youngest brother, you having my youngest brother is the reason why I will never have kids. And my mom says, I know you've said that a lot. We probably shouldn't tell him though. He's very sensitive. So <laughs> now go forward another eight or nine years. I met my grandparents who live, who at the time were both alive and were living in Wilmington and I would visit them two or three times a year, at least. And my grandmother makes a comment about how, a number of her friends in the retirement community that they were living were a lot of them were having grand, great grandchildren. And she, she made it pretty clear. She's like, yeah, there's a lot of people in this community is having great grandchildren. It would be, it wouldn't it be nice. And I didn't say these exact words, but it was really close, which was grandma. Look, I've been pretty clear about not wanting to have kids, and I see where you're going with this one. If that's your dying wish—is for me to have kids or whatever then you're going to die disappointed. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I think uh, I I have not spent that much. You've spent more time at an age where you're well impressionable, where you know, at an age where you can you can think on your own. Um, around infant children. I've never had much exposure to that. Um, So really, the whole kind of... I watch people walk their dog every day in Manhattan. And can you give me this bag here real
1: quick? I think I see where this is going. No, no, the whole... Empty the
0: bag. Empty the bag.
1: So we got a plastic bag here. All right. It's cold because
0: we had some beers in here. But this is this is I would say by poop bag standards very thick,
1: and also very
0: large. It's just a grocery. It's just a grocery bag I got from the bodega. But these pe- and I'm not a pet owner. And when I when I had a pet, I lived. We had eight acres. Probably five of the acres were mowable grass. But for the most part, we would go out once or twice a month with a shovel and we would take the dog shit in the backyard only really in the area where people would walk. And we, t- my cousin's here, my cousin and I won. Uh, that's another story. But, uh, um, you just throw it would, in the woods and we throw it in the woods. Now we never touched the dog shit with our hands.
1: No, you get the so in
0: for. Manhattan, one, the whole dog thing, I don't understand, but worse the than Charleston. That, And the fact So we never kept the dog in or out. Either the dog was in the whole house, big house, dog would run around, or the dog was out of the house. We didn't even have a leash. We just let the dog run.
1: Yeah, you live in the country. Who cares?
0: We didn't have a fence. Yeah, the dog would come home because he's got to fucking eat. Um, But in Manhattan, the people take their dogs out. They put them on the elevator, bring them downstairs. A lot of times, I can tell the dogs are so eager to take a piss. And the people are, like, stopping in the lobby, and they're, like, talking to other people. And I can tell the dog's like, holy fuck, I'm going to lose it. Because you – like, when I got to piss, like, a little bit, but when I get home, I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm fumbling for my keys. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, your brain finally says, all right, it's time. It's time. But then, like, you hit all these barriers, and you fumble with the keys, and then, like, I get inside, and God forbid somebody's in the bathroom. Or, you know, I'll piss in the fucking kitchen sink sometimes if I have to. And not often. but It happens.
1: But – Probably other – Contributing I, factors there. I Yeah, probably late at night.
0: Um, but uh, <laughs> I always spray some bleach from under the sink, and I rinse off the sink. Um, but then finally the dogs go outside. I recently learned that curb your dog actually means don't let your dog shit on the curb. But that's not what happens. But then the dog eventually takes a shit. And the people... They put the plastic bag on their hand, and then they just dive in, and they grab the warm shit. Yeah. And there's definitely temperature transfer. Yeah, you stuff. can feel it. Yeah. And smell it. And and you, yeah, I'm sure you can smell it. You got you got hot dog shit in your hand, and then, and a lot of times they just walk a couple of blocks.
1: <laughs> no, I've always it. thought, I've always thought that this has to be a profoundly weird experience for the dog.
0: Well, because yeah. Imagine,
1: like, you take a dump and then somebody immediately is like picking it up and they're just like carrying it around with you. Like, the dog it, has to be like, what in the world is going on here? I didn't want but, that. I,
2: I give props to the the person that actually doing that in the city because there's a lot of people that. Like, they just don't do it. They, they will take a- the, the, the dog for a walk. The dog will take a shift. Sometimes the dog also happens to have diarrhea, and just sh- well, they, sure, through the bed. And they, they but, just walk away. They're like, oh. but this is a high price to pay for companionship. Yeah, Kids I mean, are even worse. I mean, sure. I saw. Although it happened on- two weeks ago, where this chick was walking her dog and she was on her phone, <laughs> and then she looked and she was like, "Did you do that?" So the dog, she was talking to the dog and she was like, Did you do that? And it was like, Yeah, the dog is gonna tell you, yeah, I took a shit while you were on the pond. Like, just clean it, it's right there. And she was like, I don't have a gla- I don't have a plastic bag. What right do there. you she think you were doing? Like, what do you you went for the walk? Like, you went for a walk and the dog thinks like automatically that he wants to take a a lead in the best case scenario and a shit in the worst case scenario. And, and and the the girl was like, Did you do that? And it's like the dog's not gonna tell you, yes, I did it. Well, dogs so, don't... Yeah. So,
0: I, I, I got one more for you. One more for you. Because the whole dog shit thing, you know, I that's that's why I can't have a dog in... I can't have a dog in the city. If I don't have to touch the shit through a millimeter, through a half millimeter of plastic... Every day. I, I, I'd probably be okay with having a dog. Minus the dog hair in your clothes. But I, you know, figure something out there. I get one of those rolling things. Um... The other thing that I don't get is the people that they bring the dog outside and then the dog wanders up and goes to another dog. And then the two, the, there's the dog owner, the dog, the other dog and the other dog owner. Now this dog owner talks as if they are the dog to that dog. And then this dog owner talks as if they are that dog to this dog. And then this person talks back as their dog to the other dog and the people and the people never once make eye contact never once make eye contact and then they just part ways
1: I have never witnessed this and it doesn't but I'm not saying it doesn't happen frequently cuz yeah. I don't know like that
0: it is the weirdest and what they choose to talk about it's the weirdest puppet show with live canine fucking puppets. It is the weirdest, and
1: it's okay.
2: And they also change their voice. It's not like they talk. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, no, they talk like toddlers.
2: They talk like, yeah, 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 They talk like toddlers, like, oh, but, you know, say hi. Say hi. Say hi to your new friend.
0: I would really, I wish there was some way to record it. I would love to actually, like, do a skit, like, borrow someone's dog and just let, you know, do it and record it and just publish it somewhere so people could really see and if you do this i'm sorry how retarded it looks and yeah. and then a lot of people also use their their pets as a social vehicle which i actually i That's smart. That's smart. I'm yeah. more for that. I'm more I think it's a little pathetic, but I'm more for that. You got to work with what you can do. I'm more for that. Then where you don't actually even make eye contact with the strangers, but you talk through the canines.
2: But I mean, in New York, if you talk to a stranger without like any context, you are like, oh, special harassment or whatever, especially on these signs. But if you have a dog with another dog owner, you at least have something to talk about. You have an opening line. You're like, hey, what breed it is, how old it is, what's his name, and whatever, whatever, whatever.
1: You know? Yeah, but now you're stuck talking to another dog person. So did you really win?
2: Well, I don't no, usually want to get laid, That's but so I don't.
1: Laid. And people go, Oh,
0: you hate, hate, you hate dogs, Jessica. No, I, I don't hate, I like, I like fluffy pillows. All right, I, you know, like, I, you know, I, I, I like to take a nap on a fluffy pillow. You know, I don't have to clean Was up shit after. Yes, whatever.
2: What's name? Michelle, Michelle, yeah, you're right. Men use puppies just to pick
1: up chicks. Yes, yeah, it's a, it's a common tactic. I don't endorse it.
2: Well,
0: but that's my
1: point. It's like, you know, that's that's, that's
0: really kind of transference of, like, if you're using an, a dog, if you as a human don't possess the qualities and the skills to pick up somebody of the opposite sex and you have to add the
2: characteristics of a dog to enhance yourself,
1: that's a big question. That's his point of view. My point of view is for a game. Okay. It. Well, you, let, me, let me throw cute. this. Let me flip this a little bit. Cause down here, dogs are super popular in Charleston. Don't ask me to explain it. I don't get it. I'm the dog person. Justin says also, he doesn't I'm hate dogs. Hard, I do so hate dogs. Dogs hate bother dogs. the ever loving crap out of me. Dogs to, you know, get laid. But oh, no, no, no. So on a lot, like if I'm, if I'm on uh, uh, online dating through like the bumble or something, This is extremely common to see in a chick's profile is must love dogs or I will love my dog more than you or something like that. And I just don't get it. I'm like, how, why is it that I have to love dogs to be able to get along well with you? Why do I have to have a relationship with your animal? Why can't we just get along?
0: Well, uh, let me tell you something. When you hook up with somebody who's got an animal and the animal's like, like, what are you doing? He's talking about this shit. Well, you brought but it up. You go to somebody's house. Uh, and they
2: their dog as a baby, No, that's well, not person. where I was going with that.
0: You go to somebody's house at late at night and the dog's like, oh hey. You know, the dog wants to like be involved with in things. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. You gotta I I don't know how it is in Ecuador, but in, no, other, co- in other countries visited, in other countries that I visited in other countries that I visited. Dogs are basically there as a slight level of security, kind of like a floodlight, like a motion-activated floodlight. Um, but uh, but they also eat the scraps, and they don't. You don't go to the store and buy special dog food for heart health or brain function or you know a spec, You know for for what do you call their coat? Their coat. Fur. Fur. Yeah, but like, you know, so their, their coat stays supple and, and I don't know, fresh or something like that. You feed them scraps. They bark at intruders. They maybe bite people. Sometimes you have to tie them up. I also grew up, a lot of my family was from the country, like the real country, not like the country that we lived in, James, but like the mountains of the middle of nowhere, and they had hunting dogs. So like, you don't really... Like kids don't play with the hunting dogs and they get eaten. You know, the hunting dogs weren't like they weren't snuggling up with you while you watch like Christmas movies. These things kind of stayed chained up in the backyard, lived in a doghouse, and they got fed with it, you know, with what they got fed. You know? But there's this weird cultural shift where, like, oh, this is part of the family, and you know, I don't want to shit
2: on that. That's cool. Like,
1: people have ferrets, and but, yeah, but people aren't bringing the ferret to like a birthday party.
2: Oh yes, they well, are. Yeah.
0: Well, they they also bring uh, guinea pigs to birthday parties, right? What?
2: They eat it. They, well, in my country they eat guinea pigs.
1: Okay, uh, yeah, but we, that, were, yeah. we were
2: this close to have an experience with Justin last week. I invited him to on Saturday because a friend of mine brought guinea pigs because that's tradition in my country and I think some other countries in South America, mostly Peru, but uh, Ecuador also eats guinea pigs. So I told him, listen, a friend of mine came over from Ecuador. She brought guinea pigs. It's called Coy in Spanish. And he was like, yeah, I'm down. But then, again, it was Saturday. It was the day of the riots and, you know, the, the day that uh Joe Biden got elected. And either it was because Joe Biden got elected or just, you know, uh probably over here just...
1: Yeah, Coy. Well, cool.
2: so we didn't end up going.
0: So but, uh, Coy, Coy <laughs> is, I mean, it's literally fried guinea pig. Yeah. Um And...
2: For all of you out there criticizing the guinea pig, by the way, the guinea pig is a hundred percent grass fed.
0: Okay. So, but the guinea, but actually, the guinea pigs were really bred. The guinea pig itself, as we know them, were actually bred uh, to be. I, don't know, I read yeah. I read the Wikipedia page, but they were really bred to be eaten. And yeah. the guinea pigs that we know and people have as pets are really uh, not the same thing. Yeah didn't see
2: him as pets when we first find
0: out. I like this fried fried guinea pig. Um with some fried yuca.
2: I tried it in Ecuador. I'm not a big fan of it, but since he was like I really want to try it, I was like, sure, let's just go and grab some guinea pigs with you. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it. I mean I
0: you know, when uh I uh, I don't know, I'll try anything. Um are they normal pigs no those were <laughs> <laughs> are those no, guinea pigs or are they normal pigs no those were guinea pigs um in guinea
2: are they still guinea pigs or are they just normal pigs oh
1: in guinea are yeah pigs? i um, I, I, I would say going back to your t- comment about like that's a high price to pay for companionship um i like yeah For dogs, I I believe that,
2: for example, here in New York, this is a very, very lonely city. Like if you're by yourself, you don't have family. It's it's hard to make uh, friends with other people because people are very into their own thing. They're busy doing their own shit and they don't have time to actually uh, socialize with other people. And they also might not have the, uh, the skills to socialize with other people. So it's a lot easier for them to talk to a dog and have a pet
1: with them. So instead of developing social skills, I'm going to get a pet? Yeah, no, a that's it's
2: a lot easier. It comes back to, uh, again, uh, you know, when we were talking about politics, it's a lot easier to do one thing than the other. And your brain itself doesn't doesn't need to spend so much energy on talking to a dog rather than talking to a person and having the, uh, the possibility of being rejected. A dog will never reject you. A dog, are you
1: a dog or, you know, yeah but the, because the fact that the dog will never reject you makes their affection worthless
2: <laughs> a lot of people um, will, will disagree with you on that well
0: point. well let me i want to i want to pose a, a difficult question okay yeah, and perfect. i imagine most listeners and viewers are not vegan but the question is you'll eat a chicken You'll eat a goose, you'll pay more for a goose. You'll eat duck. You'll eat a turkey on Thanksgiving. You'll eat a cow, lots of great steak, good beef. Um, You'll eat a lamb. You'll eat pig. You'll eat a horse? No. Is that a thing? No, it's, what
1: it's, eating horses is definitely a thing in certain parts of the world. In some parts of the
0: world, not it's not very
1: popular, and it's not it's not very not popular. in the United States. It's not popular at all. In, in a lot of the in a lot of the world, I don't think it's popular.
2: I didn't
0: mean, um, world Now, I think but this. but you know, some people eat. Uh, the point that I'm getting at is where are we drawing this line? I guess they just said there's no more eating dogs in China, which a lot of the world, you know, breathed a big sigh of relief. They were very happy for the dogs of China.
1: Um, but still big question, in other parts of the world. Nigeria, it's big.
0: But my question is, where are we drawing the line on the things that we eat, on the that we eat and the things that, that you don't, eat? and why are we drawing the line Why are we
1: drawing that line where we are? There's no logic to it. Is the answer?
2: Yeah, I mean, but if you develop this specific uh, affection for one of your animals, and that becomes a pet, then it's a lot harder for you to eat it. For example, if I become a really good friend with a dog, I will not eat it. So my like, my thought my thought is not like it's not the same when it comes to a cow. If I became friends with a cow, and like really good friends, you know, with you, cow, know you, let me ask, I you know, you know, a lot of it. dogs. You know, a lot of dogs. Uh, some, some, Okay, how many cows do you know? A couple of them as well, because I grew up in, in Ecuador and I actually had the, the ability to uh, be close to cows and everything, however, never been in front of them. But one thing that I learned <laughs> when I traveled to Argentina was the best thing that you can do for an animal, especially uh, cattle, is to eat them, eat it completely, like you cannot throw away anything. And in Argentina they
0: absolutely every single part of the cow you know well yeah but we eat fish but we don't eat
2: dolphins right? that's because we probably don't know how to cook
1: it or they don't. no it. no dolphins are like japan they're popular um it's a delicacy in japan um same thing they, with also whale. I think they
2: do their shark as well if i'm not wrong
1: There's the like- sharks are popular in china
2: yeah. Shark. I've had, well, there I've is had another thing on uh, yeah. New Zealand, I think it is, or Iceland, that they actually have like a specific kind of shark that they do.
0: Probably cold shark. Um. Uh, yeah, but but uh, I'm just I'm just saying that that I think you know the guinea pig thing sounds surprising for a lot of people, and a lot of people are like, oh, that's a food, and then you know, and then it just it makes you kind of question where you're drawing that line and what you said exactly is that actually it's entirely
1: arbitrary. That's my point.
0: Yeah, and, and that's kind of the greater point that I was getting at, but I just wanted to kind of open discussion around it and figure and figure out if, if there's a way to draw that line, if it's more personal. Have you, um, ever, had, have you ever eaten shark? Yeah, I, uh, the guy, Bruno, who's a chef here, he, he cooked a lot of shark actually um what's the taste like <laughs> uh i've had it uh i had it once before when he was co- he was cooking a lot of it but i think before when i had it it was a bit more rubbery mm-hmm.
2: um it was bony though well, i think it must have been baby shark it was very bony
0: you but know, it tastes so like a lot of people that it. are in
2: the comments are saying that shark is good shark tastes great in greece apparently they eat baby shark and in australia they do baby alligators
0: well but that's and- you in the south we eat alligator yeah, as humans who have evolved on uh, what is it? The, not the hierarchy. What do they call the, cha- the food chain? The food chain. Food chain. Yeah, the food chain is basically you just eat other meaty things that are below you on the food chain
2: that are not boiling. And
0: and sometimes there's things that are above you on the food chain that your collective efforts can can help you momentarily, you know, decrease its place in the food chain. Um, but uh, but yeah, just just uh, you yeah. know, interesting perspective that I wanted to wanted to throw out there. Um,
2: April, did you had a fin shark shark fin? Shark fin, shark fin. because uh, I think in China that's like
1: shark fin uh, soup uh, is a delicacy. Yeah, it's
2: a delicacy or
0: something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, on that, uh, probably wrap up. Any any good shows or anything you're watching down there i'm just i'm curious for anybody who's
1: listening who wants no i i've been kind of last week i spent pretty much the entire (laughs) week just following both the stock market and political futures markets and everything related to the election it became something of an, an unhealthy obsession and now i'm finally able to detach from it
0: what do you think of the stock market
1: right now um that the market is responding to biden's election generally like the one thing that markets hate more than anything else that like is uncertainty markets don't like uncertainty and i think that the markets are responding to biden as a steadier hand and a more predictable feature of our political landscape and saying okay, we, we have less things to worry about now, which is why you saw the big pop on Monday. And then the reason why the markets were down today is largely just going to be due to profit-taking where people made a lot of money yesterday. And they're like, you know what? I'm just going to lock in some of these gains today and I'll I'll re-up re later. Um, mm. I think that there's going to... I still think that there's a relatively high dislocation between the markets and reality where the fundamental indicators of the overall economy are still pretty strongly negative for largely due to covid and i think that the markets are vastly inflated but at the same time it, a simple economic explanation is that as a, an investment vehicle the markets are doing better because all the alternative investments are doing worse because if you're going if you've got money that you want to invest you really have like three or four options. You've got the stock market, you've got some kind of debt, either corporate bonds or government bonds, and then real estate and then alternative investments. And that would be stuff like collectibles. And so like collectibles are hard to get in and out of because one, they're relatively illiquid, they're volatile and they require you actually to hold physical goods of some sort. Um, Real estate, is also illiquid. There's a lot of transaction costs. There's also a high barrier to entry, and there's a fair amount of risk because a lot of factors can affect real estate that don't affect other things. Um, Right now, interest rates are super low, so people are not terribly interested in buying either corporate bonds or government bonds because the return on investment is just so low. It's relatively low risk, but uh, currently, like a thirty-year tre- Treasury note yields one point three percent. That's just that. That's so little money that most people aren't interested. It's and not, so, yeah, exactly, the, the stock market is by all means not doing it. Shouldn't be doing as well as it is. But all these people that have excess capital that need to put it somewhere, the stock market's still the best option because all the other options are bad for the reasons I just listed. I know exactly. And, exactly.
0: So so either way you've been a bit obsessed with the stock market lately and political futures
1: yeah I, i've been doing a, a bit of options trading over the last three days uh anything you
2: got going on up, sorry. No. no no
0: no nothing you're watching on uh, tv you, you know i'm not a big tv guy I actually i'm not a tv
2: guy as well I I mean, i've been focusing on a lot on my youtube channel as well. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm doing these things that I have the opportunity to go out and, you know, preview as many things as I can. So, I'm just doing a YouTube channel on the neighborhoods of New York. Uh, it's pretty nice. And I like it. the
0: YouTube channel is called?
2: Andres. I actually have to change the name. I have to get a
0: name. All right. Well, we're... Obviously, Andres will be back another episode. He's ironing out the details on his. We'll get him on there. Um. So, yeah, what I was saying is I don't watch a lot of TV. I usually... Uh, I, you know, I'll do like a movie, you know, once a week or something like that. But I'm usually working, and since at home I, i've been I've been packing um so much. Uh, all the computers are packed up. I have an iPad, which I can't like. I agree with you. I, I can't really work on an iPad, James. You know, it's just like you could you could scroll through some shit, but. But really, uh, there's not what you can do. So I've been watching a lot of I've been watching a lot of Netflix and a lot of Amazon Prime, um, which uh, which I'm enjoying. I watched this series called The Queen's Gambit, which is about this young girl who's um, and th- I'm sharing this strictly for anybody who's watching who wants somebody to watch. But it's about this girl who she was in the car with her mother. Her mother crashed and passed away. She went to an orphanage directionless. She was a bit fucked up, obviously. She watched her mother basically commit suicide by vehicle. And uh, she learns chess. And she also, in the orphanage, they basically give them tranquilizers. So imagine back in the 50s that you're in an orphanage and they give the, the people in the orphan, they give the orphans tranquilizers. And um, but at some point she gets addicted to these tranquilizers in learning chess and she realizes that she realizes that she retains so much information with chess on these tranquilizers and she plays great chess on these tranquilizers um and she basically develops this insane professional career of chess playing uh, but she struggles with alcohol addiction and tranquilizer addiction. And I've heard a lot big...
1: of good things about that show, especially since the games that they use are all yeah. So Gary Kasparov is one of the people that contributed to like the chess knowledge of the show. Yeah. So a lot of the games are gonna be adapted from real games that were played between grandmasters of the last century. And right. not sometimes they're not move for move, but like if if it's a sixty move game. 58 or 59 of the moves that are played in the show are from the real game.
0: Yeah. And that was, that was a very cool aspect of it is it is pretty historic. And they do go by the chess guys and the chess books. I'm a terrible chess player. I, you know, I just, I don't have, I don't have the bandwidth in my head, which just basically means I'm not smart enough to play chess, but uh, I think it's a great game. And I, you know, like, I love playing tennis, but I'm not a great tennis player. I think tennis would be something I'd be much better at. When it comes to.
1: Um, Put the time into chess. The only way to get better is to play it.
0: <clears throat> yeah, but I just, I don't have the the mental bandwidth to really. Um, you know, to, to dig deeper into chess. And I, I Play, it, play but... Blitz.
1: I, I play, I probably play like 10 to 20 games a day. And most of the time controls that I play are like three minutes plus two seconds. So the games are quick. No, I'm not spectacular. I'd say I'm about an average player. But you don't have to like have. There's all sorts of different time formats. You don't need to play like a format where you're spending an hour or two on a game and you have to think deeply about every single move. You can play blitz where you're playing on instinct and you get better that way.
0: True. True. All right, let's wrap up real quick because we we you know we're we're hitting the hour mark. Uh, somebody just commented, "You should watch the show, The Nick," which is a cool ass show. I don't think it's new. Maybe it's it, maybe they have current seasons. But the Nick is about doctors in the early twenties, basically figuring things out, making shit up, using cocaine as as pain meds. Nice. Uh, but yeah, you know, every, you know, every industry has this kind of blossoming period, and and that was That's that was we got defi-
2: quite
0: yeah, you know, it's uh, it's kind of cool to go back and see like what shit used to actually be like. Uh, but either way, James, anything you want to add before we cut?
1: Nah, um. I'm starting up a Twitter partially to promote the uh, this channel, and also just that way, like if I come up with random jokes during the day, it's my way of writing them down. Um, So it's It's just getting started right now, but it's at what? It's uh, yeah, it's active right now. There's just not too much going on with it, but it's at Get Off My Lawn Two Zero Four.
0: Get Off My Lawn Two Zero Four. That's how to follow James on Twitter. Get Off My Lawn Two Zero Four. If you're uh, what do you call it? Um Twitter. if you're a pornographer make sure you follow james uh you know post post uh post some comments yeah, send some posts. nudes send some nudes uh if you if you're not a porno- what do you call pornographer what's that person called who does porn uh if you're, porn, if you're a porn star porn follow man. james if you're not a porn star porn follow james if <laughs> <laughs> um, you
2: want to learn get, about porn follow james.
0: <laughs> get off my lawn 124 yes. yeah uh, thank you guys for joining this will conclude episode 53 of SIP
1: alright, till next time
0: yo, wait you still there? Oh, shit. All right, well, you caught me I'm uh, in the middle of building the SIP Talk podcast which means I'm sitting here for a very long time listening to my own voice over and over and over again um, if, uh, if it's annoying to you I fucked up, which means you fucked up, too. You got to tell me what you want to hear about, how we can change the podcast. Thanks for joining.
1: I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.